get the best of Clairsey, Shane and Kimber on the podcast. For surprisingly good insurance, it's SGIO. Backstreet Boys, Perth Arena tomorrow night. Backstreet Boy, AJ McLean. Welcome, how are you? I am doing very well. How about yourself? Yeah, good, mate. I'm, I'm just been talking to our producers. Uh, there is a uh, Facebook video getting around at the moment, and it has Ryan Gosling dancing at a te- as a 10-year-old. He was in amongst the Mickey Mouse kids like Justin Timberlake, Christina, uh, Brittany. What age were you when you started performing and um, doing your dance and, and singing? Wow, I was actually about four when I first started singing and dancing. I grew up in musical theater in South Florida, so uh, I just loved to be on stage. I loved to sing and dance. It just kind of came naturally to me, and I love, you know, making ma- making people smile and performing, and it's kind of hard sometimes to shut it off. Like, I'm always dancing and singing, and if I'm with my daughter walking in the mall, I'm singing, <laughs> and it just attracts more attention. <laughs> I saw in this video um, Ryan Gosling's in his purple silk hammer pants. You guys have got the doco show and what you're made of, and it looks really great. Do you cringe at any of the old footage, or has the whole thing just been a total thrill for you? You know, it's been very bittersweet and very surreal. When we had the uh, premiere here in Los Angeles, when none of us had seen the final, final edit. So watching it in a theater full of fans with our wives, with our family and friends, all of us got choked up, all of us laughed, all of us got emotional, and it's been a really awesome, awesome ride. I mean, we're coming up now on 22 years together, and it's just mind-blowing. Tell you what, there's a lot of highlights with so many amazing gigs and album sales and the rest of it, but when you make it onto Sesame Street, you know you've made it, correct? Absolutely. When you get to sing with Elmo, that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> I'm kind of bummed, though, that The Muppet Show was not still on. That would have been, like, the best highlight of my life to perform with the Muppets. That would have been awesome. Uh, it must be harder to tour when you have families. What level of convincing does it take to tour again? Is it an easy suggestion or do they bribe each other? I think everybody's wives are super supportive and they really, you know, love to see what we do because they know how much we all love it. And, um, you know, we try to have our families come out with us as much as we can. At one point on the last summer U.S. tour, all of our families came out, all of, all of our kids, and it was like daddy daycare backstage. It was a whirlwind of like testosterone and I have the only girl <laughs> and boys are talking to her and I'm freaking out and I'm like, ah. <laughs> but you know, it's been really nice. You guys are touring in your mid thirties, etc. What is the rider backstage? Is it a little bit more uh, conservative? Well, we, we're all, well, not, I shouldn't say all of us, but a few <laughs> of us have become kind of health nuts, myself and Nick mainly. So we have a lot of vegetables and juicers protein shakes, protein bars, and then there's always the usual plate of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that Brian's been asking for for years. Howie's still waiting to get his plate of chicken wings. <laughs> that still hasn't happened yet. I usually ask the fellas to not have any alcohol backstage just to be really supportive of me, and you know, and they've been fantastic with it. So we have no alcohol backstage, just water, Gatorades, and fruit juice. That's it. Do you guys have creative input over the tour? Do you get to say, I want pyrotechnics? And then you get what you ask for? Obviously, you know, now because of the economy and because of the way things are, you know, we don't have such the grandiose budget as we used to have back in the millennium days. But the show that we're bringing out to you guys is a phenomenal show. It's two hours, pretty much nonstop dancing. We do all the hits. We do half of the new record. We have a couple of surprises. And we have no band, we have no pyro, and you don't really need it. When you see the visuals that we have on stage, it's pretty overwhelming. You'll be in Perth here in Western Australia in May, and we look forward to seeing you back in Oz. I cannot wait, man. Thanks, AJ. All the best. Cheers, man. 
Oh, the pain. Childhood pain memories right here. Yes, I trod, I had thongs on yesterday, but I trod in a, uh, a coven of um, double Gs, which is the collective noun for double well, Gs. Calling it a coven, you are. Yeah, there was about seven of them, and yeah. it's like the, the, the whole top half of the, the thong. Um, have you ever stood in on double Gs? Yeah, but not not as many as that. Like, one's bad enough. It's well, awful. I, I like to exaggerate to make a point. Oh. There was only one and a half. <laughs> It went through my thong, through my foot, and out the top. But certain things happen when you're a kid and you never forget the pain. I mean, grass skiing was really trendy there for a while. It was. Uh, I remember coming off there and getting grass burns. Mm. Well, that's what I said I got it from anyway. Naomi from Cool Up is online. G'day, Naomi. Hello, how are you going? Good. Childhood pain. I have a doozy. So I grew up in Port Hedland. Um, that's painful. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> We lived about two roads away from the beach and I was running with my girlfriends to go to the beach and I forgot, and they all had shoes on, and I forgot that I didn't have shoes on and the road had been freshly laid with tar. Okay. <gasps> Hot tar. Wow. Halfway across when yep. I realised, which I had to turn around and come back and mm. run home, so by that time I had sand, rocks, tar stuck to my feet. Mm. And my dad scrubbed the crap out of them with turps to try to get it all off. Oh I was going to say, how freshly do you get, laid. Yeah, how do you get tar off your foot? Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure it was turps. Right. And... A lot of elbow grease. God, Naomi, is that the kind of burn that you don't feel it straight away? I certainly didn't feel it. I can tell you that right now. It was only the realisation as I was running that it was sticking and I wasn't quite moving the way I thought I should. Yes. Whoa. Don't need molten tar feet, do you, Naomi? That's Whoa. awful. Wow, that's the thing bad. is, terps can do a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it smells too. Yeah. Old okay. terps. I'm, should I'm, have some lying around the house at all times. Mineral turpentine, right? Oh, there. the old terps. Yeah. That's pretty traumatic as a kid, too. Remembering your dad scrubbing your feet because you've got <laughs> yeah. tar stuck to them. Have it's a... either that or you walk around with tar, rocks, and everything else stuck to your feet for the rest of your life, either way. That's mm. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thanks yes. for your call, Naomi. That was a doozy right there. Caroline. Morning. How are you going, guys? Good. <laughs> you got some terps lying around? No, <laughs> <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> the kitty pain you never forget, Caroline. Yeah, I um, I was probably about eight years old and my sister and I had neighbours that were on crutches and we thought they were really cool and we'd always wanted to play on them. And we went across there one day and they had a very steep limestone driveway and my sister and I thought it would be great fun to do relays up and down the driveway together. <laughs> sure. So on crutches. Just, just rewinding, you thought it would be great to play on crutches. Yeah, I wanted, like, it was fun. Yeah, crutches always seemed that. great until they're yours. Mm. Yeah, until you actually have an injury <laughs> and you can't walk. So relays well, up and down a hilly driveway. Yeah, a, a limestone driveway at that. So um, I waited at the top and my sister, she went down on the crutches and came back up and I thought, oh, my turn, I can go faster than that. So I grabbed them and I raced down and on the way down, one of the crutches hit a rock on the limestone and my arms went back and I went forward and I smashed my face <gasps> all over the limestone. I didn't have hands to break the fall. Nice. <laughs> no. no, you didn't. You were so, holding crutches. Yeah, I had to get the rocks picked out of my face. I had to get my face stitched up. I'd broken teeth. I'd split my chin. I'd broken my nose. Oh, Caroline. Yeah, I don't really want to go on crutches anymore. No. <laughs> Did you win the race? <laughs> That's more important. She's disqualified for not finishing. Did your, did your sister go, oh, my God, or did she just laugh her head off? Oh, no. I screamed the street down. My mum ran up the, um, the cul-de-sac. Everybody came out, and I, yeah, had to get rushed to the hospital. Well done. Thanks, wow. Darl. That's great. bad. Let's wrap I'm worried about Rebecca's story. They're getting worse and the, worse. The great crutch race. This is better. Yeah. Rebecca, <laughs> what's your childhood pain you've never forgotten? Uh, hi, guys. How are you going? Good. 
Um, well, when I was a kid, um, about eight or nine, I lived on a property down in Albany, um, and at the front they had uh, like a row of baby peppermint trees. I don't know if you guys know what they are. Um, we used to jump from one to the other with our arms out in the air, you know, thought we could fly, land on something really soft. Mm. And um, one time I took a giant leap, arms out in the air, landed with a stick in the side of my cheek. Ah, see, okay. This is what we call the superhero syndrome. It was. (laughs) You thought you were Supergirl? Yeah, I did. (laughs) So you actually impaled your cheek with a stick? Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Did Dad get that out? How did you get that out? Did you go to emergency? What Um, happened? Well, no, I kind of ripped it out and ran screaming up to the house Mm. um, and mum came out going, oh my God, who's killing my child? (laughs) And did you have any lasting scar from the... Yeah, I've I've got a scar. It's not big. Um, It's kind of healed over time. I didn't ever have stitches because I refused to get taken to the hospital. I was petrified (laughs) of going to the hospital, so... Didn't ever get stitches. This Great sounds story, like a uh, scene from Braveheart, the movie. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I where thinking. the dude sort of breaks the arrow off in his chest. Mm. You just did the same thing in your face. I feel, you know, I feel rude asking people how they got their scars, but they usually come with such a good story. Yeah, especially yeah, those well, stitches. Especially when you can see it on the side of your face too. Hey, Beck, do you reckon you lost a lot of blood and that's what freaked mum out as well? I have absolutely no idea. I can't remember how much mm. blood there was. <laughs> well, mate, we're going to give you our caller of the day prize. Yeah. Oh, yay, fantastic. Yeah, Thank a, you. A whatever that arrow is. kit. Yeah, whatever it is, I don't know. We'll <laughs> sort it out. Four tickets for your family to see Disney on Ice, Dare to Dream oh, at Perth Arena. Amazing. Fantastic. Thank you. My younger sister will love it. She's 12. Oh, great. <laughs> have a great day, Beck. <laughs> Thank you, guys. The juice. <laughs> oh, do tell. Let's hear it. Give me the details. Robbie Williams and his wife, Ada Field, are being sued by their former personal assistant. This Mm. guy says he was sexually harassed during his employment with them by Robbie's wife. I mean, I I guess I didn't expect it to be from Robbie, but according to the lawsuit, she used to walk around in various states of undress and talk about her sex life with him, questioned him about his sex life and asked him to make comments on her body regularly just while they were hanging out around the house. So Robbie and Ada are saying that he's actually just a disgruntled employee who was sacked for serious misconduct and they're defending the claims. Oh, yeah. No, it's the old uh, John Travolta syndrome. Yeah, mm. isn't it? And then maybe just a quiet payment under the, the table. The fact that uh, John Travolta has a flannel on him 24-7 <laughs> means nothing. And he wasn't interested in uh, Robbie's <laughs> wife, John. No. No, no. not no, at all. He used to have a lot of mas- massages. Yes. Yeah, one or two. Yeah. Uh, now, master- a bit of groin trouble. <laughs> again? <laughs> yeah, it's the towel. Get the flannel out. Grease lightning. MasterChef are under heat again. Just last week, Mario was cut from the show because he had professional chef's experience and that's yeah. not allowed. It's against now the there's another guy. Yeah, the heat's on Reynolds. No, the <laughs> Reynolds. Asian guy, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's brilliant. This is the guy, know, yeah, that, that's you why. You know why he's brilliant? Yeah, because he's got experience. Well. He's got four Michelin stars. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Look, this is this guy that, Shane, you were saying made this incredible jaffle. Um, yeah, he dressed it up, took it out, bent yeah. it over the bonnet mm. and uh, had a good time with it. The yeah. mind-blowing dessert. It turns out his mother owns a patisserie and his elder brother is a judge on MasterChef Indonesia. Uh, but now, they said that in the, they said that the mum had the patisserie. Well, this is it. He's been upfront about everything, yeah. and so MasterChef is saying, "Look, it's he's been upfront. We think that he's not a professional chef. He might have watched them make some stuff. He makes a good ice cream apple. That thing he made last week. Yeah, but they say so they're saying he can stay in the comp. But I mean, right. also too, you have to keep him in the comp because if he came out with that dish in week one, what's he going to be like later? You know, you see him last night in the he dressed the plates for the uh, puck. Panyol? 
Oh, yes. Oh. Yeah. Yep. He, he, he knows his way around garnish, that kid. Oh, yeah. I don't watch it. I'm watching House Rules. Oh, they did now, the final bit with all the tanks around them. Christ, way mm. to get in with the management. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving. When I say the name Jordan James Park, do you, do, does that mean anything say to you? Say it again. Jordan James Park. Jordan. Yep. Uh, he's uh, Spider-Man. No. <laughs> he played this, for the Bulldogs in the 70s. This is the guy who spent $200,000 to look like his idol, Kim Kardashian. Oh, right, yeah. Now, he's got more than just the problem that he wanted to do that in the first place. His lips are exploding from the pressure of 50 lip filler operations, and his lips have started leaking, and he can no longer move his face. Has he had junk put in his butt? I think he's. Uh, it is, like her? I don't know what surgeries he's had, but it sounds like he's had hundreds. Exploding head. So it's a possibility. But Jordan says he won't stop though because he loves the attention that he gets from guys when he walks into a room. But this guy has to apply Vaseline to his lips every ten minutes, otherwise they dry out and his lips start tearing. Mm. That's so weird. Skin mm. shouldn't tear. That's the wrong word for it. Gross. Anyway, that is your daily juice. Get the best of Clairsy, Shane and Kimber on the podcast. For surprisingly good insurance, it's SGIO.